0: Hi everyone, welcome back to 20 Minute Marketing. Hope you're all having um, a great day. Um, we are recording this morning at 8.30am on a Monday, ready to get started and ready for the week. Um, today's guest is a very exciting guest. He's had um, a lot of experience in marketing in general, B2B, B2C, um, email, a lot of different things. His name's Michael. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself now, Michael, and let's get started. So, hi, Michael. Good morning, Liam. How are you today? Uh,
1: yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, sun is shining, uh, the clocks That's have gone good. back, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to the longer days. So,
0: yeah. yeah, about to get a little bit more sunshine, so that's um, that'll be good for everyone, I think. Um, yeah, so if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, um, sort of the companies that you've
1: worked for, and then we'll move on after that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Michael Barber. I'm a, a chartered marketing professional. I've been working in Marketing now for uh, just coming up to 15 years. Um, started my first role um, at Sage UK, a foot company, uh, in a generalist B2B role, and started specialising in digital marketing way back in 2006. Um, worked through various different roles in that company, mainly focused on, on digital products or digital projects. Uh, left there to work for a, a London based startup in 2011. Um, And then ended up working for an email marketing platform in 2012, where I was head of product and head of marketing services, so managing uh, marketing teams, delivering campaigns for some big, uh, big brands. Uh, More recently, I was uh, head of product for a behavioral marketing company, so a company that specializes in cart abandonment software. Um, uh, In between uh, that and my current job, uh, I also worked as head of marketing for a robotics company. Uh, based in the north northeast of England, um, and now I'm marketing director for an IT consultancy. Um, so, Presto Consulting, um, we were just named uh, just last week as the 28th fastest growing company or tech company in the north, uh, and in that role as marketing director, I've got two uh, remits. One is uh, your standard business-to-business business, um, promotion, uh, brand management, etc. and the second thing is, um, which is slightly more closely to my passion is I manage a digital marketing practice. So I manage an area of the consultancy business that focuses on uh, web optimization, conversion rate optimization, and personalization. So we work with a number of software vendors uh, and a number of large clients in that area.
0: So I'm sure, as you can all see, quite a a wide range of of experience. Uh, First of all, congratulations on, on the award, 28th fastest growing company tech company is is a huge achievement. There are plenty of tech companies across the country that I'm sure are fighting for for a spot on that list. Um, And then, yeah, we're going to move on to the main topic now and talk about sort of marketing in 2019. So stay tuned. We'll be back for the main segment. All right, everyone. So it's time to dive into uh, sort of the main topics and um, marketing in general and, and find out and learn from some of Michael's current and past experiences. So just going to start with a bit of a generic question. So you've worked in quite a lot of different subsections of marketing. What would you say that your role focuses on the most and what, what do you spend most of your time doing? Um,
1: I guess most recently uh, in a, in previous roles and in my current role, I spend a lot of time looking at digital strategy and, and specifically looking at um, the areas of things like personalization um, that there's a lot of talk in the sort of digital marketing space about what personalization means. And, um, you know, at, at it's most generic sense. Um, it's about giving, you know, the, the right experience to the right customers. And a lot of organizations look to do this where they define customer, you know, in segments or in groups, um or in you know you know classifications of, of of customer type uh and and that's a great place to start but where i focus a lot of my attention uh with the the, the enterprise clients that i work with is about you know real one to one personalization because that's the nirvana state right you know um if if you're an organization that you're working in e-commerce or you're working in in retail you're uh, in in sorry in in, in travel or, or or standard sort of retail e-commerce Everyone holds up Amazon as this sort of bastion of, of, of one-to-one uh, personalization. Um, and yes, they do a very good job, but there's, there's no reason why uh, other organizations can't compete with them. And I think uh, the main area that I focus on is helping organizations understand how the different parts of their marketing technology stack work because um, that's the first stage on helping them understand how those uh, technology products can work together. And I think this is a key thing about so when, Liam, when you gave the overview as to what this segment of the podcast is about, I think for me, there's this, this, an element of, of my description as, as to what I focus my time on and, and the consultancy practice that I run, which is really key to where I think marketing is going, which is marketing now in uh, 2019 is as much about technology and software as it is about the core aspects of marketing such as you know, brand, segmentation, uh, proposition and messaging. Um, and that's not to say that I think the technology is more important, don't get me wrong, I think uh, one of the people that I follow and I think talks a huge amount of sense about marketing is um, Mark Rits- Ritson, the guy who does the, uh, the mini-MBA through marketing week, and he regularly talks about why do brands say things like, well, we need a Facebook strategy. He, he says, you don't need a Facebook strategy, you need a marketing strategy, you need to look at how to apply that through Facebook as a channel, as if it was you know 10 years ago, and you think about how to apply a marketing strategy to radio as a channel. And I, I think that the way and where I spend a lot of my time is, is helping brands understand, well, right, if you have this marketing strategy, and you want to sell this type of product to these type of people, uh, I try and help brands understand how they can best do that digitally by helping them understand how all of the different technologies pieces that they use work and then how they can effectively hook them up to work together to deliver that best experience and and ultimately that the overarching name for that process is is often referred to as, as personalization
0: um and when you sort of look at personalization for different people and companies do you try and dive down onto like one or two different like platforms or do you try and keep it general general how do you sort of personalise it for different people on different slights, uh, sort of scales of the purchasing journey, I guess?
1: Uh, that's a great question, I guess um, uh, typical, like, non-committal answer to it, I sound like a politician. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it just depends, it's it kind of horses for courses I think, um, there are some organisations that I work with that are really progressive in their thinking in terms of how they're going to store data in one place, and how that, um, how how they're going to you know, combine all the different sources of data that have one single source of data. Um, but in answer to the question about platforms, it really does depend. Um, you know, there are different platforms that do different things. Uh, so, for example, some travel companies may, for example, have a large CRM system that is utilized by their call center and they'll have a lot of data in there. And um, another travel company may not have the same. Type system and they may not have the same you know business need and therefore they might not have the same wealth of data about their customers it really just depends there's no sort of one size fits all what what yeah. I, what i specialize in um is that because i've worked across um, a broad spectrum of marketing technology platforms so i've worked in email marketing i've worked with um, sms providers like yourself. I've worked with uh, social media platforms, I've worked with e-commerce platforms, I've worked with CRM platforms, I've worked with uh, data platforms, uh, analytics. Uh, it, you know, I have a broad understanding of, of how all of these platforms work because of my software background. Um, yeah. and what I specialize in is going into, into large businesses and explaining to them, right, this software works in this way, this one works in this way, this is where this data is stored. Um, this is how this one works. If you want this one to talk to, to this one, then this is the sort of you know, unique identifier of a customer in this platform. Uh, and, and generally, I, I kind of help organizations stitch that together from a functionality point of view. And then what I've got is I've got a team of technology experts who work with me who look at it from a you know, connectivity point of view and think, all well, right, if, if this system needs to talk to this one, how do we pass that information uh, through in real time? Does it need to be in real time? Or can it be, you know, at different intervals? Um, what point, where will we store all of the information in one source and kind of point to that and say, well, this is, this is a source of data that we believe to be, you know, 100% accurate and unique, and that's the data we'll rely on. Um, and what I find is, generally, to go back to your question, the reason that this, is, your is kind of, multi-layered is that it's not the same for every business um each each organization has its own different processes it's different channels it's different systems um but then if i dial it back to what i said in my introduction everyone's kind of striving for the same thing which is to give the best online experience um and that like i say is often referred to as, as, as giving a personalized experience
0: yeah um i think you sort of covered it in in quite a lot of detail there I think you sort of outlined how important data is not just collecting it for your customers but also performance as well because um, obviously you can't sort of monitor how well you are doing, and it's okay personalizing it but you're going to have to monitor
1: what sort of that's changed or how successful it's been. Yeah um, one of the areas that, that my team really specialize in is that, um, that analysis piece so um, when we work on optimization or experience uh, projects we often find that brands uh, will use the tools that, um, that they use to, you know, to, to experiment with or to personalize to, to view the success of, um, of their efforts and that's absolutely fine uh, it, it, it's completely adequate and, and it's great but where we find that we can add extra value is that again a lot of people don't realize that when they look at the data served as a set of results through a platform. They're looking at a view of the data. They're looking at someone, you know, inevitably the product manager or the product owner who built that platform. They're looking at their view of the data, so their perceived view of the data. What we find is that if we work with organizations and we extract that data, we use um, business intelligence or data visualization tools to look at the data in a different way and to present different views. uh, And where we find that we deliver the best Kind of insight to our customers is if we can take that data say for example from an e-commerce site so your standard sort of web analytics um, if we can take that and combine it with data from an offline source and um, so again a company's crm system or a company's uh, erp system for their um for their point of sale so how they're selling in their stores then, actually, if you combine that data and you start to look, you can start to look at it differently and start to have a better understanding of, again, the impact that your website um, or the online experience you're giving, uh, you, you have an understanding of the impact that's having on your bricks and mortar uh, stores. And again, this is a, a key sort of challenge. So, if I, if I think of the, the, one of the challenges that I help brands with being about marketing technology and getting you all to work together, another bit is that combination of um, understanding the impact that online has on on bricks and mortar and traditional retail. Uh, And again, the the sort of that, to go back to your point, the the analysis side is really important to get right. And I think uh, we find that a lot of organizations are still finding that a challenge.
0: Yeah, I think um, the the value of collecting it, not just for your customers, but also then looking afterwards after the sale and, and determining what's worked and what hasn't um we we can certainly do better on um just just to sort of summarize this sort of topic and collecting data and web optimization mm-hmm. if someone is just sort of maybe just starting up or just looking into it yeah. do you have any sort of tips or guidance where they should start i know it's a huge sort of area and they can't just do everything yeah. all at once um, um yeah yeah i, can.
1: I mean um, it is a huge area but there's uh, a, a colleague of mine um a guy called Simon Heron, who works for Optimize the, um, the the world's leading sort of personalization platform. Um, he he did a really good webinar last week, uh, and he he made the, the same point I'm going to make, which is when it comes to optimization, you really just have to start. Um, and there's two things you need to start. Uh, one is you need a framework, and and going back to the experience many of us would have had at high school, you know, it's a a little bit about thinking about that first ever science experiment you did. You know, you need need to think of a hypothesis. um, You need to think of a a methodology. uh, You need to then execute that test and then you need to analyze your results. And as long as you've got that framework set up, that's sort of, you know the, the first start um yeah and then you can sort of analyze and make it bigger and broader as exactly you exactly yeah um and, and and the thing about the hypothesis bit is um as long as your hypothesis is, is data driven so for example if you're thinking about experimenting or testing um you know look at your data look at um look at what you think is happening it may be that you think visitors on a certain device type or on a certain browser type or a certain location are not converting as well as other visitors. You know, if that's your hypothesis, I, if I make a change to the experience for my uh, visitors using uh, an Android phone and, and accessing uh, my website via Google Chrome, you know, my hypothesis, if I make a change to, you know, improve the, the real estate, you know, make my price Uh, bigger, you know, more readable, my hypothesis is that that'll have a greater conversion rate. You know, it doesn't have to be something as complicated as, and I've seen these kind of tests that um, visitors who visit my site on a Wednesday from a certain location uh, and view certain products have a higher propensity to buy than those who don't. So to solve that, you know, to, to, to create a test for that, I'm going to create an entirely different user experience for those types of visitors i've just identified than anyone else on my website and you know you can go really down rabbit holes with this stuff um
0: yeah you can almost go too deep especially if you don't have the time or the resources exactly. keep it general i would say maybe yes completely
1: and, and that's how to start um but the reality yeah. the reality is that i think um where i see the opportunity is kind of uh, in that fully immersive you know experience that um there are a lot of brands that I've worked with in the past where I've analyzed performance on their site. And I've seen certain things, you know, like some companies I've worked with have products that are never abandoned. If, they're, if, if that product's added to the shopping cart, um, or, you know, I say never, the, 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 the abandonment rate sort of 5% of visitors compared to, yeah. they've got other products where 95% of the visitors are abandoning that product once they've added to the shopping cart. And so, yeah, there's there's, the, the world of optimization, personalization, etc. It's a really broad spectrum. And my advice to anyone starting out would be: get yourself a framework, um, something along the lines of hypothesis, methodology, and you know, execution and analysis. Um, and then uh, start, you know, with something basic. Look at your uh, look at your data. Pick some, pick an area um, that you think you can make an improvement on. Make that improvement, run the test for a while, get a good volume of, of data and results so that you know that your test is valid um, and then just keep going and keep going and um, you know that's how the people in in this world that we load as as being great experimentalists such as um, amazon that 's how they started so
0: yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely a good sort of a tip on how to to get started and dive in just to keep it in the 20-minute framework we are a little bit over so probably already just going to move on to sort of one final topic which uh, hopefully you can just sort of give us a bit of a generic outcome and sort of tips mm-hmm. on but you've worked in email for various amount of companies and quite a, quite a few years now yes. do you still think there's value in that or do you think you've seen a little bit of a decrease in conversions
1: or or is it still something that people should be looking at and using uh i think um i'm trying to think how many waves of email is dead i've been through um in in my career probably about what we're probably on about the third or fourth and i think email's still an incredibly cost-effective channel i think um if done correctly it's without doubt one of the, the the best digital marketing channels um I think the people who do it best are those who really focus on it um, on giving the best experience through email. Uh, you know the people who don't do the batch and blast, uh, who don't do generic you know, newsletters and generic communications. Uh, again, go back to that concept of personalization. It's the organizations that really only send an email if they need to, and they only send them to their engaged customers, they don't send them to people who aren't engaged and who you know, signed up five or six years ago, et etc. Um, I, th- yeah. I think uh, in terms of email, there are some p- people doing some really cool stuff in email. So if you check out a company called Phrase, um P-H-A-R-S-E-E, uh, these guys are applying artificial intelligence to email uh, marketing as well as uh, social media marketing, but they started as an email company. Um, they do stuff like they will test multiple subject lines uh, on a single email campaign. They run the campaign for a period of time as the results start to define which subject line had uh, the best open rate and best click-through rates, then they'll start to optimise that. um, And they do that all through sort of a machine learning process. So, again, when people say that email's dead, I point to people like Phrasing. and say, well, look, these guys are, you know, if it is dead, which I totally deny, these guys are giving it a shot of adrenaline. So, um,
0: Yeah, they wouldn't be spending all the time and effort. Use an email if it wasn't a,
1: a platform that was going to work out for exactly. And I think you've 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 really got to be sensitive about these things. Which is, um, let's be honest, there are certain channels such as um, some of the digital media, cha- uh, sorry, some of the social media channels, that won't work for every organisation. You know, personally, I don't think Twitter works that effectively for B two B. I think LinkedIn.
0: I agree. LinkedIn yeah, is a brilliant
1: uh, platform, and and that why would you spend anything other than your, your time if you're in B two B on anything other than LinkedIn. But then it's yep. the same for emails. So these guys are doing, you know, using artificial intelligence for, maybe for consumer brands, brands that, you know, people actually really want to engage with the emails. You know, if you're an organization and com- you've got to be honest with yourself, if your company and your product's not that engaging, then if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get brilliant results from email, think again, you know, email's a great channel for the right brands with the right products and the right yeah. customer groups. Um, Yeah,
0: i think that's a nice way to sum it up in that different like different platforms are going to work for different companies depending on where you are and your resources
1: yeah Um, so
0: yeah i think yeah i think you've definitely given everyone including myself some insights and i'm going to check out that email marketing companies have a look at some of their designs etc um and then yes stay with us everyone we'll just move on to some very quick graduate advice in topic three All right, thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are just going to summarise uh, with a bit of graduate advice. Again, it can help you if you're an employer as well. You might sort of get something out of it as well. Um, so, first of all, Michael, do you have um, any sort of... Uh, sorry, I'll start again. What would you sort of look for in an interview besides technical knowledge or just qualifications if you were hiring hiring a graduate or someone that just came out of um, university? Um, I think...
1: Uh... I've hired a lot of people who were recent graduates um, into into different roles uh, in various different companies. The, I look for two things. I look for um, I look at the soft skills. So I look at whether this person can um, work in an office environment. You know, can they work in business? So if I put them in front of a customer, are they going to be able to to, to talk coherently um, in a office environment are they going to be able to, to talk and um, communicate with their colleagues are they going to be able to um, you know adjust uh, uh, to to the world of work and then the second bit is I just look at things like attitude um, and, and and whether they're you know whether they've demonstrated through their you know life state whether they've got the kind of right attitude to certain things so um, have, they, have Do they show evidence of going over and above? So sometimes you can look at sort of academic qualifications and say, oh, well, clearly they've worked really hard to get that level of qualification. Um, Other times it's things that they'll they'll sort of say about their personal life or about things that they've done outside of academia or outside of, you know, any work they've had um, previously. Uh, So, yeah, so there are two things i look at. Do I think that they can fit in the world of working? Do I think they've got the right attitude? Because you can teach uh, anyone anything, really, uh, especially... I found it in the past with with graduates if they've got the the willingness um, and they've got the right attitude uh, to learn and and to um, to progress themselves. um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still I like
0: studied up to master's level and I've learned almost everything I know inside the job rather than before it in education. So I think that's definitely something for both graduates and employers to. understand and then just one final Hmm. question is do you have any sort of tips for those people who might not have had the opportunity to say study abroad or do some really exciting internship at a startup company or something
1: like that um do i have any advice for that um do well i think i think outside of those examples some of the people that i've hired in the past that uh have come to me without a huge amount of if any work experience have been really impressed where whether they've done something on their own in, in the digital space or whether they've um, they've had a blog or they've had a, a sort of a well-followed Instagram account. Um, I, I think that there's there's a lot, you know, people can do um, in their spare time that, that again, demonstrates a, a level of understanding and competency. Um, and and do you know what? Actually, without requesting it, I, I just think a lot of graduates now turn up and say, oh, well, you know, I've got this blog. I've got however many thousand followers, um, which is yeah, way more than that. You know, than the kind of activities I, <laughs> I did when I left university. Um, yeah, sort of seventeen, eighteen years ago. Um so yeah, I think that you know the internships or or, or studying abroad um, can be you know they're not necessarily the things I would always look at. Um, like I say, I've, I've had people turn up and say, well, you know, creative people who can tell you about their their final year um what's the word uh sort of presentation and, and final finally a project and, and how they've run that uh again sometimes it's about just looking at, at at what they've done in academia and just thinking well if i ask them to do this in a you in know in, in the world of work do i think it's a really high standard um do i think it's interesting have they demonstrated you know creativity etc so yeah
0: yeah Um, Yeah, that's a nice way to round off. Um, Hope everyone learned something again. I I took a lot from the episode myself. Thanks a lot for being a great guest, Michael. Thank you, Liam. You're very welcome. Um, And yeah, I'll see you all very shortly. Thank you.